0: Supertalk Mississippi Media Production. Celebrating the people who make coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by the South Mississippi Boat Show this weekend. And by AGJ Systems and Networks. On Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome
1: to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women. Who have uh, made and continue to work to make coast of Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play hey, I really enjoyed the focus with Adele Lions yesterday on the um, on the uh, excuse me i yeah 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 that's right yesterday that's right um I was thinking maybe Wednesday but it's yesterday where we we celebrated the one coast award winners, so uh, we had something to say about each one of them, and we talked a little bit a little bit about the process and the the really jam packed event at the the Vodge. What a terrific event that was! I was honored to to give a keynote there about leadership, and um, a story we'll post um, about the um, about the event and share a video that I shared from Coast View at the event. So you can you can look to see that. Um, one of the it's just been a it's been a great a great opportunity to celebrate leadership, and that's really what Coast View is all about. By the way, the South Mississippi uh boat show comes up this weekend on Biloxi's Point. You you heard the uh, a little lead in just a few minutes ago. I appreciate them being a sponsor of View during this uh this period of time. Um the Garnflow uh Cobia tournament is going to be happening. It's gonna be bumpy offshore. Uh looks like there's gonna be a 30 to 40 percent chance of thunderstorms at some point during the weekend. But um, you know, the uh the the guys who cobia fish that, that sit on the um, um Sandbars at Chandelier and Horn and all their little secret spots. Some some that run the rigs, they're used to it being bumpy on on the cobia tournament weekend. So go over there and enjoy your time there. Starts today, and so it's gonna it's really otherwise going to be a pretty weekend. They're also going to have a kids fishing uh, rodeo there. So that's the uh, South Mississippi Boat Show and the Garnflow Cobia Tournament uh, starting today. So uh, without any further ado, let's move over to my friend Jeff Duncan. Uh, and say good morning. How are you doing, my friend?
0: Ricky, I'm doing great. I don't know if we've ever had a run of good weather like we've had the past Woo. few weeks um, here in New Orleans. So it's hard to be in a bad mood with, with this weather.
1: It is, man. I mean, finally the wind subsided and we've got yep. cool mornings. It should, it should have been awesome. I've, I've gone out every morning and did some did some running. And uh, just, man, just gorgeous outside. In fact, you know, to be honest with you, I miss my runs in the French corner. I used to, you know, get yeah. out there early in the mornings. You know, it runs in the French Quarter early in the morning. Now, you may find some people still kind of making their way back <laughs> to the hotel. and uh, But otherwise, it's quiet. And, yeah. and it's it's just nice to run through the French Quarter, through Jackson Square, along the river there. I've missed that. Do uh, you, you ever get a chance to do that yourself? Oh,
0: yeah. I love going to the French Quarter in the morning just in general. When it's quiet, it takes on a whole different ambiance. Than what most people are used to at night with the partying and the tourists, uh, man, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful part of our country, and you go in the morning, like you said, it's cool, it's quiet. Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, so I totally understand where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, people are well, walking along the river, and I would say a lot of the non-partiers are out at that point at the time, yeah, and uh, really enjoying the city. And but I, but I really, I really enjoyed that. Hey, listen, there's a lot to talk about. So why don't we? Um, I want to I want to get your reaction to how the Zurich Classic went this past weekend that you were very immersed in. But first, you've got some really good news. You guys are announcing today about um, about a really special book that you're going to be involved in. Why don't you give me the details on that?
0: Yeah, thanks, Ricky. We're really excited. I think we've talked about it on the program before. Steve Gleason, the former. Uh, Saints stand out, and of course, now a, a huge activist in the ALS community still lives here in New Orleans. Uh, we have a we're announcing today a book project, his memoir that we're going to be collaborating on uh, with Knopf Publishing out of New York City. Uh, the book will come out uh, probably in the fall or winter, fall of 2023 or winter of 2024. It seems far off, but it's not in the book world when you when you've got basically a year to write a book, uh, it, it, it immerses your, I mean, you really get immersed your entire life on it. So, but we're really exciting uh, to be able to do it. We, we've worked on this project together, uh, the proposal for months, and it's finally come to fruition. And Kanof is uh, really excited about the project and they only take on certain projects, Ricky. They're a very prestigious arm of Penguin Random House. And they're very judicious in the projects that they select to take on. So we feel very honored to be working with them. And I think they feel the same way about working with Steve. So really looking forward to this uh, book eventually coming out. I know your listeners and viewers will love this story because it's, it's just an incredible, inspiring story. It's a story of the human spirit. It really is what it is. It's not a football story. It's not an ALS story. It's a story. It's a human story. And, and, and I would argue a love story about Steve and his wife and his family.
1: It is incredible. And look, uh, I can remember back in 2014, 2015, you and I talked about the possibility of you writing this book. And at at one point we even thought about maybe we we would be the publisher. I think it paid to wait though. And I I think that was where Steve's gut was. You've had this long time relationship with Steve, that's for sure. But, um, But, you know, it's interesting, the longer he stays the course with ALS, the more it becomes a story about the human spirit and and what he's been able to do to overcome it and how he's wanting to give back. And, you know, when I had the conversation with Alberto Ibargwin from the Knight Foundation recently, and we talked about the passing of his wife who died of ALS, you know, in some ways I was surprised. But then when I got to thinking about it, I wasn't surprised to hear that the Steve Gleason Foundation actually helped them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, down in Miami. So, you know, his, his reach probably across the world with people uh, with ALS has been just incredible. And his story, it's about life. That's, this story is about life. Even when everything has been taken away from you, if you've got your heart and your mind and your family, you can just about transcend just about any challenge, can't you?
0: Yeah, I think this, the story is of one of resilience and uh, drive and determination and I think Steve finds that drive and determination in his family and the love he has for his family that keeps him going. Uh, people ask me all the time, how long's Steve got? Well, Steve's gonna live as long as he wants to live. That's the amazing thing about it. I mean the disease has progressed. It's not uh, it's plateaued. Uh, he lives with a ventilator and has a trach, a trach that allows him to Uh, He's fed through a feeding tube. He's very much like Stephen Hawking, who lived four decades with ALS. I think Steve can live longer than that if he chooses to. A lot of people, it's not the lifestyle for them. I understand they may not have the resources to live that way. It takes a lot of money to live and have caregiving. Uh, But Steve does. He's fortunate, and he knows that. But I think along the way, he's changing people's lives, like you talked about. He understands that's another part of his uh, resilience is he under, if he continues to uh, move forward and have a purpose-filled life, others might as well. And I think that's a big, a big uh, motivation for him.
1: It's it's a it's a disease that ravages the body, but it doesn't ravage the mind. I have a very close friend. Uh, people in custom Mississippi who have been around here for a while know that Anthony Tapazi, the former president of Mississippi Power who was a a real partner for me and others during the recovery effort for Hurricane Katrina, his work was just fundamentally important. And we were very, very close during that time. We worked very closely during that time, but during the latter stages of his disease, uh, a group of us from the coast went up to visit with him in Birmingham where he was. And um, it was just so sad to see him that way. But at the same time, his mind was clear, you know, that's the, that's the, it's just a, it's just a brutal disease. Uh, when you when you think about how it takes a person down, and as you pointed out, people people give up. They give up for financial reasons. They give up because they can't they can't adjust. What's so profoundly motivating and inspiring about Steve's story is that he never even considered one time giving up. He's he's always wanted to embrace this in a way that would enable him to live as long as possible to enjoy his kids to make his mark and i mean it goes back to the beginning when he still had his voice and and the preparation he did to get ready for you know having all of that taken away from him what a story jeff and i mean i listen congratulations to you that you through your friendship with him and through your incredible writing capabilities that you'll be you'll be paired up with steve to write this fundamentally important story that I, I I will predict now that that book will go you know, to the top of the list. It's gonna be a really popular book.
0: Yeah, we hope so. I mean, Knopf uh, certainly is putting the power of their resources behind it. And they're as excited as we are about it. So we could not have found a better publishing home. And there was a lot of interest up in New York. Uh, we had other interest for some of the big five publishers as well, because it's a tremendous story, Ricky. Uh, so that didn't surprise me, but we're honored that Knopf chose us, and um, we we are really excited to get started on this.
1: Well, congratulations, man! I can't wait to read it, and uh, I'm I'm proud of you for being involved in, a, in a continuing to be innovative as a writer. And uh, it's no no surprise to me that that Steve selected you to be the person he would work with to write this book. That's that's awesome for you. And for Steve, because I, th- I think you're the best that he could have selected, you know, given the situation for sure. OK, so w- when we come back from break, I want to get your uh, ideas about how the Zurich Classic went. I want to go back to the NOLA.com Times-Speaking Newsletter that came out today. You actually wrote it. It really is a great compilation of stories preparing for the draft and Pelicans and all that's happening in New Orleans around the professional uh, sports uh, arena these days. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan.
0: Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast
1: 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. And we're going to shift gears now and move over to the last weekend, sort of a look back at what, what's really turned out to be a terrific golf event for pros in New Orleans. We talked a lot about that last week, this mix of playing golf and then the sort of, what well, you call it nightlife, but the dinners and the social get-together, the fact that this is a team event, and the winner this year was Shoffley and, uh, and uh, Cantlay, and man, they're kind of like the perfect match, aren't they, when it comes to an event like this? They, they fit together well, don't they?
0: Yeah, they were, they were incredible. I mean, they led from start to finish, really never looked like they were going to lose this tournament. They didn't really wobble when Billy Horschel and Sam Burns made a run there on the final day, and they're two of the top players in the world, so it's not surprising. And they was they were part of that great field we had. I mean, we had five of the top six ranked players in the world, and I think ten of the top sixteen in the field. That's one of the top most strong uh, strongest fields on the PGA Tour outside the majors, and it just it's a testament to the work that Zurich does, the local officials at the Four Kids Foundation. You, you know, you talk to these golfers, Ricky, uh, this goes beyond the event. Uh, you know, they they take these guys on fishing trips out in the Gulf. They fly them down in a helicopter to the marsh. Uh, they get to go fishing on, you know, like Tuesday. They take them, set them up at golf, uh, I'm sorry, restaurants in town. Some of them like to go to Harrah's, of course, and they go to a private room there. There's all kinds of things that make this more than just a golf tournament for them. It's really a fun family event. A lot of their family members come in uh, from all over the world, frankly. Uh, so I think they they know that New Orleans is a great asset for them to get golfers to come here. And I think it's only going to continue to grow uh, in the years in the future.
1: And as you pointed out, we're not talking about a, a tournament with just a fun day. There was a huge purse with this one, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, $8.3 million total in purses, each of the winning team members got about 1.2 million uh, dollars, so it's one of the most prestigious uh, prize packages on the PGA Tour as well. And that obviously doesn't hurt their cause. And and there's guys like that weren't here that normally will be here, like John Rahm. Uh, he wanted to be here, but as a as an ambassador uh, with Zurich, he had to, he had another assignment, if you will, that weekend. So that that's gonna you guys are gonna come and go, but. Rest assured, it'll, this field's going to continue to be one of the strongest ones on the tour.
1: So you're watching uh, a a group of of uh, young stars. Uh, how, how do you feel like they did compared to you know compared to others?
0: Well, I mean, the two that won were two two of them. I mean, you know, Shoffley and um, Cantley are two of the best in the world. Same with Sam Burns, who lives up in North Louisiana, lives up in Chudron on Squire Creek Country Club. That's hard to say. Uh, he's one of the, I mean, these guys are like 25 years old. Colin Morikawa, uh, Victor Hovland, they didn't play as well as I thought they were capable of. But playing these team events, Ricky, as you know, it's not the same as being out there by yourself playing individually. Uh, you have to. There's strategy involved. You have to find the right playing partners. So just because you have two highly ranked players doesn't mean they're going to be the best team. And I think Shockley and Cantley figured out how to play together. uh, And they're going to be a force going forward, I think, as well.
1: I thought the coverage was terrific. Um, You look at the national press on this, it was almost as if there wasn't a game of God playing. You know, the star of the show was the Alligator.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they love that. And I'm, I'm concerned a little bit about Tripod. You know, he's the He's, or she, I'm not sure if it's he or she, Is yeah. the, you know kind of always ruled the roost out there. Big three-legged alligator. We don't know what happened to one of the legs. But I have not seen Tripod, Ricky, in two years now. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But uh, I don't want to spread any rumors, but I'm worried. Let, let me just put it that way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. Okay, so look, one of the things that I've urged people to do is to subscribe to the Insider Newsletter, the Saints Insider Newsletter. And as it turns out, we should point out, we're doing this this recording on Thursday because of Jeff's schedule. And it just so happens that there are a lot of things happening tonight on Thursday night, not Friday. This is airing on Friday. And that is, of course, the Pelicans play. Uh, they're down three to two, but they've really done well considering the situation that they are in and then on top of that you've got you've got the draft starting for the NFL. So we can't get into specifics about those, but we have some really important information to give you about the process behind the draft. And I I want to just really quickly focus on the newsletter for just a second because I want to give you a sense of what you know what you do, what you'll get if you sign up for this for this newsletter. So Jeff, you know, I mean you've got a great team. I mean, I think Luke Johnson's doing a great job. Amy's doing a good job, Rod. I mean, you have got a great team. Um, So when you sit down to do a newsletter like you did for this morning, I mean, you're you're never short of great things to write about to help prompt people that they need to engage with nola.com and the times Union. Tell me more about that.
0: Well, the newsletter, I think, is great. Be- and the reason it's become so popular is because the news comes to you. You don't have to go find it. Every morning, you can look in your email inbox, and it's going to give you the roster and a little synopsis of what we have, if you're a Saints fan or the Pelicans have a newsletter. LSU has a newsletter. And we're going to do, we're going to introduce one soon, Ricky, that I think will be really popular. It's going to be a Sunday morning newsletter just for sports that's going to recap the top stories of the week, like five to seven. Here's what were our top stories of the week in case you missed it. Because everybody's got busy schedules. You don't have maybe the time to consume news like you used to. And I think that newsletter will be very popular. Uh, they've become, I think, uh, a really a great conduit between the reader and NOLA.com because it allows us to kind of send the news to your inbox and select for you maybe what you might be interested in in reading. You know, not everybody, like the old days, you got the newspaper and it all came in one package on your front porch and you looked at it. Now I think people are more a la carte interest. They might have interest in just the Saints or just sports and maybe food. Maybe they're into... Uh, You know, uh, recipes, things like that, or the the local dining scene in New Orleans. We're going to have newsletters for that. People like to, you know, specialize, if you will, in their news consumption. And this is a good way to do it.
1: By the way, I see that my friend Laurie Jackson from Ukraine has joined us on Skype, and we'll be to her after this next segment. After this segment, Laurie's an independent. Uh, Missionary in Ukraine doing some incredible work. God bless her and the people that she's working with. And if you follow me closely, you know that, man, I feel so helpless. Uh, But she'll talk to us a little bit more about how we can help. So anyway, coming back to 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 um, the the situation, why don't we spend just a little bit of time talking about why you keep bringing up the 2017 draft and and the process behind that, and they they're implementing that now and how that will guide this draft uh, that, will, that will start tonight. Or at least started last night, because this is airing on Friday, but we're doing this on Thursday, so it start, starts tonight on Thursday night. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, look, they made that big trade, Ricky, to get two first-round picks now. And I think they did that with 2017 in mind. 2017, they also had two first-round picks. They selected Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramczyk, who were two of the core players on the team. And they also got Alvin Kamara out of that draft. And I think they see that that core, along with Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson, who unfortunately were so good, the Saints couldn't keep them because of their salary cap issues. That became the core for this recent run that's been one of the most successful runs in franchise history. The Saints are the second winningest team in the NFL the last five years because of that draft core. The Saints need another one now. They've had some decent drafts. But they haven't had another gonzo draft like that 2017 one. And the roster's kind of maturing and aging a little bit in some spots. They need another influx of young stars to be the next core. And I think they see this draft as possibly uh, yielding that. They've got five picks in the top 120 in the whole draft. So uh, they feel like they can get at least three maybe starting caliber players out of that and maybe two others that are contributors they could be the core, like 2017 was.
1: Well, as you pointed out, they've gotten really good at studying who's available and finding sleepers. So I, it's going to be interesting because the more sleepers they find, there's a lot of speculation about whether they'll trade down. That you know, there's a trend toward trading down, but um, they may have their heads around some folks that they know. Are going to make it out of the first round not being selected and maybe even the second round not being selected and um, they've gotten really good at that haven't they jeff
0: well here's what i think Rick. i think people need to understand that you know everyone loves the draft and they look at all the media now that covers the draft and they see these these rankings of players and mock drafts and all that but that's not necessarily what the saints are going by they have their own ranking system And they will have players that may be of more value to them than other teams in the league because of the defensive scheme they play, the offensive scheme, what they ask of players. They have very strict uh, prototypes of size and speed. So they will get their draft board down to about 100, 120 players that are right for them. And they will basically toss out the other 900 prospects. So the Saints might have a guy that's, 40th on their board that might be 200th on these other draft lists, and the Saints select him in the second or third round, and Saints fans go crazy because they think it's a reach. Well, it's not a reach to the Saints because they know their roster. They know what their coaches are asking for from those players at those positions, so they're very specific to their needs. And uh, so they may find a guy in the fourth or fifth round that is one of their 50 highest-rated players in the whole draft but he may not. He, he may be on these mock projections a seventh rounder, but not for the Saints. And I think people need to understand that's how it works.
1: Okay, so by the time this airs, the Pelicans game will have played, so we'll sort of, sort of know the outcome. But aside from whether they win or lose tonight, they've really shown well. They have played well for for a young team. Um, they've given they've given the Suns everything they could uh, they could ask for. And uh, it's been a it's been a good good round for them, hasn't it?
0: Well, I think they far exceeded everyone's expectations, especially after the season began, one and twelve. So I think at this point, Ricky, everything's been lanyap. I mean, once they got through the play-in tournament and got into the playoffs, and they're they're facing the number one seed in the Western Conference, the team that won the most games in the entire league, for them to have already won two games and to push them in every game, I think uh, is really a a great credit to Willie Green and this young roster. And I think this team has captured everyone's imagination because they're very likable. They play a fun style. They've got some interesting personalities. The role players, you know, Herb Jones, the rookie, Jose Alvarado, they're likable. They're kind of overachiever underdogs. And I think what we've seen in this series is the moment's not too big for this team, even though they are young. Uh, they're not intimidated at all by the moment or by the stage or by the suns. And I think that yeah. is, should give you. It should be encouraging for fans going forward. This is a young team, and they're going to get Zion Williamson back next year, and this thing could really take off.
1: I hope it does. This has been uh, Jeff Duncan from NOAA.com and The Times. pick you, and have a great weekend, my friend. When we come back, we'll have Larry Jackson f- uh, from Ukraine. We'll see you after this. Jeff, hang on just a sec. Subscribe for free to the Coast View podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.